Welcome to the Tradie Success Podcast by Annette Wellsford, founder of Common Sense Marketing and Tradie Marketing Secrets. Annette's on a mission to help honest, hardworking tradies like you to become marketing geniuses. So you end up spending less time on the tools and more time growing a great business. Hi, it's Annette. And in today's podcast, we're going to change things up a bit. We're not going to talk about you and your business. No, no. Today, we're going to talk about your staff. Yep, it's all about them. We're going to explore why keeping your staff happy will make you more money and vice versa. We'll look at how to find them, what you're legally obliged to do, what on earth company culture is, and why you need to become a great leader. (laughs) So, if you want to grow your business, you can't do it all on your own. You will need people to help you. Ain't that the truth? Yet, so many business people that I speak to, clients and people that I meet at networking events and uh, other business owners that I know, they, they cite staff problems as their biggest ongoing headaches. Well, of course they are if you're not doing things properly. You see, the key to employing and managing staff, like any other part of running your business, is to find out how to do it well. So you can nip those issues in the bud and you end up with a great team who love your business just like you do. How good would that be? (laughs) Now, as you know, my area of passion and expertise is marketing. So I'm not going to even attempt to talk to you about how to recruit and manage staff because even though I do have a a nice little team, I went out and got some help to do it properly. And so today I'm interviewing an expert in the HR area, a lady by the name of Claire Harrison. She's the CEO of Harrison Human Resources. So Claire and her team of people, they provide HR advice and services for companies throughout Australia in areas such as HR strategy, uh, the policies you should have in place, um, should they conduct HR audits, they look at workplace relations, and that's not relationships with people in the workplace, but that's more to do with, actually I'm not sure what it's to do with, I'm sure she'll tell us. <laughs> she looks, they help with training and development programs, they look at organisational change, they look at recruitment and selection, remuneration, that's what you earn, benefits, performance management, all that kind of stuff, all the HR stuff that you know you've got to do and you really do need a huge amount of information and keep up to date with a huge amount of change to make sure that you stay compliant with all the requirements and and to make sure that you're doing things properly and, and keep everybody happy. Now Claire provides this for a range of different types of companies. This should provide these HR services around Australia. But interestingly, she actually comes from a long line of uh, family of builders and she's married to a builder. So she does actually have quite a bit of experience when it comes to the trade side of things and managing trades, tradie type staff and contractors and that whole construction industry. Okay, so let's move on to the great chat that I had with Claire. And I start off by asking her a very interesting question. Hi, Claire. Let me start off by asking you a bit of a curly question. What's the biggest HR horror story that you can think of? Hmm, um, probably the 
two that I can think of, specifically more to, to tradies, is um, one is a client of mine who is a, a roof restoration company. So they employ people as well as using a number of contractors around roof restorations, whether or not they're painters or roof repairers or whatever they may be. They had the issue, they had an employee who'd been working with them as a contractor, so a subcontractor, they were paying him by invoice um, for a couple of years. This employee then decided that he, he was going to leave, they agreed to that, he finished, but then the employee came back and lodged an unfair dismissal claim against them. So that went to the Fair Work Commission and the Fair Work Commission, after a long drawn out process, basically found that the contractor was not in fact a contractor but they were an employee, <gasps> which had a, a couple of ramifications for them. So it meant that he had he could now have his unfair dismissal claim heard um, and because they hadn't gone through due process, they did have to pay out money for an unfair dismissal claim. Um, but as well as that, they went back and looked at his pay over the period of time and because he hadn't been paid su such things as travel allowance and tools allowance specifically, although his hourly rate was well above the award, they were found to be um, in breach of the award. So they also had to do back pay for the couple of years in regard to all of the allowances. So that was another several thousands of dollars that they had to pay the employee. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That is a hard oh, good, you know, and, the, and the problem they had is this, you know, they were calling him a contractor but the guy was turning up to the office every morning to collect his jobs for the day. He was, he, he was their only, um, well, he, he was doing, I think, 90% of his work was coming from them. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like regular systematic sort of work and didn't meet the tests of a subcontractor. Okay. So that's a good lesson, isn't it? Gee, mm. gee whiz. Mm. So, okay, Claire, let's start off. I've got a really good question for you that a lot of our listeners and our clients have asked me, which is where's the best places to find good trade staff? I think the best place always, whether it's trade staff or anyone else, is if you can get a referral. Mm -hmm. So if you know someone in the industry, whether it's an existing employee or a supplier or um, your other contacts in the industry, if they can refer you someone that they know has worked for someone who's done really good work, not just because they're a friend or a mate, then I think a referral is always the best way to go. So I think if you are looking someone you should always put the word out to everyone you know in terms of suppliers, the contractors and employees that you have and anyone else. Yep, that's, that's that good know. advice. So you, you could even send yeah. out a quick email to your list and definitely, put something definitely. up on LinkedIn or Facebook, I suppose. Yeah, so definitely. And like, I think the other one that's um, becoming quite popular um, with tradies is Gumtree. Okay. So Gumtree is, yeah, it's becoming quite the um, recruitment tool my understanding is that it's free of charge. You can post ads. Um, so there's quite a few companies I know who've been successful in recruiting people through Gumtree. Um, you've mentioned Seek. I do think Seek, depending on the position for tradies, could be useful, possibly not depending on the job. Newspaper ads. I think the local newspaper ads could still be applicable to, to tradies um, because generally they do go local. Um, people do still read local newspapers. So I think depending on the role, they're probably worthwhile looking at. And I think the worst case scenario, because it's more expensive, 
is is agency, but understanding that it's often the quick and easy way to get someone is to go through an agency. At least normally you have checks in place and they've done some references and hopefully they already know someone who's they've worked for another client. Fair enough. And you're talking when agencies, you're talking about employment agencies and also labour hire agencies. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Look, and the other one I suppose too would be, depending on who you're recruiting from, is the high schools and TAFE colleges because there are people going straight on to do their um, qualifications full-time now. So that would be another way of posting the ads there as well. Okay, Hmm. good one. So how can you – another sort of fear that I know a lot of people have is can you sack them if they don't work out? You can, but there um, there are steps that you need to follow to sack people if you don't want to end up in court and paying lots of money. So, um, and that applies to small businesses as well as large businesses. Small businesses definitely have it a little bit easier in terms of the hoops they need to jump through, um, but it's not just, uh, you know, you can sack someone if you want to. There are still requirements under the law. So there's eight key steps that I would normally always walk clients through in a disciplinary process. Number one is to collect the facts. So if someone hasn't been, for example, let's just think of absenteeism, they've been turning up to work late or not turning up to work at all, is before you um, take any action is make sure you've got all that information. So on what day and when so that you can present that to them. Second is that you give them notice of a meeting. So, And I'm talking about a formal process here once it's getting close to dismissal is for the notice of meeting, you'd be saying to them, okay, um, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock I'm going to meet you and we're going to talk about your, um, you know, you're always turning up for work late or you're always taking Fridays off, for example. Okay. Um, At the meeting, um, you explain what your concerns are. So you can say, you know, on Friday the 15th, the 22nd and the 29th, you had all of these days off. Um, You know, that's a concern to us for whatever reasons. Um, You have to allow them an opportunity to respond. Um, So you listen to what they've got to say. So you do need to listen and consider. That's step five. You're willing to consider what they've said. You can't walk into the meeting with a predetermined outcome. Number six is you provide the outcome to the employee. So it may mean, depending on the meeting, that you may need to go away and think about it or get some advice. Um, I would always document it. So um, it may be that you decide to issue a written warning or if you do decide to dismiss them, you need to issue a termination letter on the day of termination. And eight is if they're an existing, if they stay with you, then you need to monitor the situation. And this applies to anything. So if it's stealing... Um, if they've stolen some equipment or some materials or if they've punched another guy on the job site, um, then you still have to go through a process. I know it sounds ridiculous. Um, wow. for many Didn't clients, know that. The feedback is that you still have to sit down and say, okay, so whoever saw you hit Johnny and, um, you know, Johnny had said this but there was no reason to punch him, did you? you do that, what's your side of the story, blah, blah, blah. So you have to listen to what they've said. You need to give them the opportunity to respond before you decide what the outcome is. Because okay, so, so owners have, of yeah. trade, now does this also apply to subcontractors or just to full-time or part-time staff? Uh, well, not to subcontractors, but I say that in that you can, assuming they are true subcontractors, but yep. um, because subcontractors aren't eligible for unfair dismissal claims. Okay. So... That's really, really sage advice, um, Claire. I would suggest then that uh, people who have got staff and 
you know, might have some issues going on that they um, get some professional help from uh, a company like yours before they go too much further. Definitely. Like I'm with all of my clients is, you know, if they want to sack someone, which often happens, is um, I just ask them just to call me before they make that decision. We just yep. work through it, what they've done and what they haven't done. So we can just cross and dot all the I's and T's before they make that final decision. Okay, fair enough. All right. Well, so that's hiring staff and um, sacking them if they don't work out. Now, mm -hmm. let's change gears here a bit, Claire. And uh, I know this is an area that you're, or the next area is, but, but just quickly, if a person, a, a trade business owner or any kind of business owner really is looking at taking on staff and growing the business, um, it is important that they're aware of their legal obligations with staff, uh, isn't it? Mm. So um, in Australia, I think unfortunately for small business, there's a lot of legal obligations and not just around employment but around a whole lot of things, especially tradies in building construction area like workplace health and safety is just out of control to a certain extent. But legal obligations that need to be considered. So there's a national um, piece of legislation, law, that applies to all employees in Australia, so that's a fair work act. So they need to understand or be able to get some advice around that to know that how that relates. So the most important probably part of that is what they, it's called the National Employment Standard, which has 10 standards that apply to every single employee in Australia. Okay. So, and they're around things like annual leave requirements, so they're the same for everyone. So they have to understand that. Yep. Probably the second one is modern awards, so um, probably a lot of the people that would be listening to this podcast, given their tradies, are probably mostly covered by the Building and Construction on-site award, mm -hmm. so which is quite a complex award, um, so they really do need to be getting some advice around what they need to pay people and allowances, whether they get that from companies like mine or they get it from their industry associations such as HIA. Yep. Um, but it is quite complex. They need to really understand their obligations because they can get into trouble if they don't follow that. And you need to understand that pay claims, they can go back seven years on a pay claim. Oh, wow. So, and that can add up. And then once you put super on top of that as well, you know, they're, they're big claims. Workplace health and safety, so um, each state in Australia has its own workplace health and safety legislation and separately to that there's also workers' compensation legislation. There's also laws around discrimination and harassment, so they're probably the main employment type legal obligations. That you, you and, and ignorance is no excuse, is that you must know these? No, no, unfortunately not. Is um. Yeah, if it gets taken to court or whatever, you can't you can't plead ignorance, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. All right. I know, Claire, from um, some time that we've spent together and uh, I know that you're actually a bit of an expert in this area and that is – and it's something that's very dear to your heart and that's company culture. <laughs> Let's just have a little Ooh. chat around what on earth is company culture. Yeah, so um, the way I think the easy definition and the one I learned at uni and I think is applicable is that culture is defined as the way we do things around here. Oh, okay. So it includes, it includes the way that you talk to your staff, um, whether it's the way you talk to them or if you send out any written letters or communication to them. It's how you celebrate any wins. So, you know, that might be at the completion of a job. Like I know one builder, they always... Um, 
it's actually my husband's building company who's a builder. And I don't know if it's a New Zealand thing, but they were in the habit of every time they finished a job, they used to have a, it was like a, they used to smash a champagne bottle over the house and a beer bottle actually. <laughs> Might have been a beer bottle. But, um, and I can't remember they, there was a name for it, but you know, they would all get together, like all the guys that were involved in building that house, like all the sub trades, the suppliers, the, that all be invited, as well as the owners, obviously, of the house. And that would be the celebration of having completed that house. So culture is around things like how that's you That's a lovely idea. That's a, that's a little bit like launching yeah, a ship, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, and also things like do you recognise birthdays or when does a, you know, one of the guy's wives has a new baby. Um, so what do you do around that? Do you send them a gift or do you give them time off, whatever it might be? The physical environment, so do you provide them with shirts, um, you know, is there an expectation around the way that they um, maintain their uniform and the way they look, the way that you as the business owner talk to them, the stories that are told too on a, you know, um, in your business. So all of those things are what makes up the organisational culture. Okay. And it's, is it, you know, it's something that you obviously need to work at. Do you think, you know, really in a trade business environment where you got, you know, a bunch of blokes out in the sun or in the in the weather and things can be a bit tough, is culture in a trade business really worth it? I think so. I think there's a lot of research that shows is that basically happy employees equals happy customers because the happy employees will do great, you know, they'll do good work, mm. which equals bigger profits for you as the business owner. And I think a bit of it is just about being a decent person to the people that you're working with. Mm. So, you know, they've all got their own lives, you've got your life, but they're there working hard for you, for your business, for your clients. And they, you know, everyone, 98% of people come to work wanting to do a great job. So I think... It's not about throwing lots of money and, you know, rewards and benefits at them. I think it's just, you know, being recognising when they do a good job, saying thanks, appreciating if they do a great job. Um, if they do something extra for a client, then I think, you know, that needs to get recognised. I think it's things like what I was saying with celebrating some of the wins. It might be like on those hot days that you're talking about is you make sure the guys, if they're doing a long, hard day, making sure they get cold water on site or whatever it might be rather than and having to run hot water from the tap that's on site. Mm. So I think, you know, and I yep. do think, and I, I you know, for, um, in my experience, is that those companies that do and the business owners that care for their employees are the businesses that go on to grow and succeed. Yeah, no, good point. And it's all to do around leadership, isn't it? I mean, it's an interesting thing that you you start off as a as a you know a plumber or electrician or a, mm. you know mm. a landscaper or whatever, and and you're working for the man, and then you decide I'm going to go out mm. on my own. I'm going to build my own business, and I'm going to stop mm. you know making money for somebody else. I'm going to make it for me, and then the business starts to grow, you can't do it all yourself, so you hire some staff, and all of a sudden you're expected to be not only a business owner but a good leader. Mm. So how can you be a good leader? How, how does that come about? Are you born a leader? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think that transition you're talking about is really hard there for a lot of people. But, yeah, look, I, there's a lot of argument around leadership in terms of whether or not you're born with it or you can develop it. I truly believe that you can develop it. 
saying that I do think there's people that um, it does come easier for them. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of business owners that I've worked with that they're really they've got really good watch is called emotional intelligence. So they're very aware of how their behaviour impacts on other people. So they've learned that you know they might not be in the habit of being someone who does say thank you to people when people do a good job. But they've learned that to get the most out of their people and to build a great business, that's something that they need to do. So I think developing leadership, the first part of it, I think, is really you need to have a really good, serious look at yourself. And that's hard to do sometimes. So I think that's... um, it's good to get other people who are close to you and that could be your existing employees or other advisors that you're working with or people that you've worked with before to give you feedback on your leadership style mm-hmm. and suggest ways that it could be improved. So I think that, like I truly believe, successful organisations and businesses and culture and whatever else all starts with the leader of that business. So um, you're not going to have a successful business without you being great at what you do and being a good leader is just part of that. So I think some self-reflection is important and then, you know, you have to make that effort and that won't come easy to to everyone or everyone is a people person. So, but it's just putting, you know, the ones that do it well, I think, are ones that put in some structure around that. So it may be, you know, also if you're quite an unstructured person, you don't like having face-to-face meetings or whatever it might be, you have to acknowledge that your people need that. They need that for clarity around what you expect of them. So you need to build that in, you know. So Monday morning, every, you know, 6 o'clock on site, we have a meeting to talk about blah, blah. And you just build that into the structures of your business, you know. Um, And if it's things like you don't really like celebrating stuff, you just build that in, you know, at the end of each job we do whatever or we do a half-year family day or whatever it might be. But you just have to put some structure in place so to make sure that happens. And I think the other important point is a good leader in what you were saying before, when they start to transition and they start to have to hire other people because they can't do it all, is making sure that you hire people that fill the gaps of what you don't have. So, so important to hire fantastic people around you. It's in your best interest. Um, so that that's a really important thing as well. Yeah, good points. Very good points that you've raised. And, you know, there's, there's plenty around on leadership. And I guess, um, you know, you have to, to be a good leader, you have to, walk the talk too don't you like there's no point telling people how to how to do stuff and how to drive the car and how to pack the van and how to appear um if you're not doing it yourself yeah yeah so claire with you look after the or your your company looks after hr for a lot of different organizations and businesses who don't necessarily have the in-house ability or the skills or the staff to take on and understand and fulfil their legal obligations and to hire people and to manage people properly. So you, you, you are a specialist in this area and you do that for them, is that correct? Yeah. So a recent client we had who was um, – they're a builder – so we went in, they used mostly subcontractors, plus they had some office people, a salesperson, I think a supervisor. So we went in and looked at their existing systems and then we helped them develop some systems and give them advice over time. So that's things like their employment contracts, some of their policies, um, looking at their pay in terms of what they are paying people and then, yeah, give them advice over time as issues come up. Oh, cool. So, okay, well, if um, I'm, I'm going to uh, – what's the, this, the average or the minimum size company that you work with? Um, we probably look at at least 10 to 15 is probably the minimum yeah. that we look at. Fair enough. 
Okay, well, Claire, I'd like to thank you so much for your great words of wisdom and sharing a lot of that fantastic information with us today. I'm going to put a link through to your website so that um, if anybody was interested in having a, a chat with you further about how, um, you know, issues that they're having or how you might be able to help them, your services, um, just have a look in the show notes for this episode, episode and there'll be full details on Claire and her services. Is there any... Thing you'd like to finish up with Claire um, a tip or um, a couple of tips that you'd like to give our listeners on um, helping them with their staff going forward um, I think probably the key things are is recruit great people so as much as we spoke about before in terms of referral is make sure if you bring great people on to start with if that takes more time we have to pay a little bit more then for you in the long run that's a great thing it pays off for your business. I think the other thing that we haven't touched on too much is around the setting expectations and clarity. So I think you need to set KPIs for people, so key performance indicators. They need to know what you expect of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important and I think we touched on all the stuff in terms of you know recognition, whether or not that's money. I think it's more around you know the thank you and celebrating wins um, are probably the, the important things. You're so right. Great talking to you, Claire. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Annette. Thank you. Bye-bye. So how interesting was that? Hey, she didn't, didn't Claire give us some great information? I don't know what your key takeaways were, but mine were, I had three. Number one, ignorance of your legal obligations when it comes to employing staff is no excuse. If you get it wrong, it could cost you a lot of money. As you know, the example she provided, that roofing company, oh my God. The difference between contractors and employees is quite something. So you need to make sure that you've got that right. Oh, as we found out, it could be a very expensive exercise. Number two, your team culture. A bit of culture. Yeah, what is culture? <laughs> so as Claire explained, your team culture is all about how we do things around here. So, what kind of team culture do you have at your place? Do you think it's a happy, positive one? Do you look after your your team? Hmm. Take them out for a beer? Buy them Christmas presents? (laughs) Well, this may be going a bit far, but what do you do for your team? How do you keep them loyal and motivated and productive? I'll be interested to hear your feedback on that. If you want to leave some below, that would be great. And number three, leadership. You need to be a good leader and walk the talk. Set an example. Some people are born leaders, but most of us have to learn how to do it. So you need to be, or we all need to be, the kind of leader that we would like to have managing us. So if you think of some of the people that really inspire you and you see that they, people look up to them, well, it could be sports team leaders, um, business team leaders, anybody like that, that, you know, you'd love to have them as a boss. See what you can do to be that kind of boss yourself. But whatever you do, don't muck around when it comes to recruiting and managing your staff properly because... As we heard, disgruntled staff will damage your company and your reputation in many different ways. But having happy, motivated staff will actually help you grow and survive. Hey, if you have the right team, 
and they're a happy bunch of chappies and, and girls, ladies and boys, you could even get to take some time off. How good would that be? <laughs> Excellent. All right. If you'd like to find out more about Harrison Human Resources, please head over to Claire's website. I've put the link in the show notes, hhr.com.au. And to sum up, or to finish off today, we're going to have a look at a, a quote, um, very appropriate, very apt from around today's discussion, by a guy called Tom Rath. He's the author of six books, and his latest book is uh, called Are You Fully Charged? And in this book, he delivers the three keys that matter most for our daily health and well-being, as well as engagement in our work. Tom says, employees who report receiving recognition and praise within the last seven days show increased productivity, they get higher scores from customers, and they have better safety records. They're just more engaged at work. So, ain't that the truth? Something to ponder. Now, if you want to grow your business, of course you do. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, in, in addition to, uh, you know, making sure that you're taking care of your team, why not invest some time and money, not much money, but some time and energy into some personal development for yourself? Because let's face it, no one knows everything. In fact, the day you stop learning is the day they put you in a coffin. There's so much to learn, isn't there? But what the, the more we learn and the more we um, engage in personal or, you know, put ourselves and our team through personal development, the more the better we are, the more we know, the more productive we can be. We've got two ways of helping you. You can get all sorts of practical business training and marketing how-tos over at our uh, online membership marketing uh, training program, tradingmarketingsecrets.com. At only $20 a month, you're going to get access to all our fabulous lessons and lots of tools and quizzes to help you become a much better business owner and a gun marketer. We'll also put you into our members-only Facebook group where you can meet other tradies and get answers to your burning marketing questions. And, you know, it's a place where I'm every day. But if you want to step things up a bit and um, get some help with getting stuff done in your business... Why not get your own personal business coach and implementer? And that's me. That's what I specialize in. You'll achieve more than you've ever achieved before because I'll make sure you do. I'm pretty good at uh, getting, helping people get stuff done, getting stuff implemented, showing them how to do stuff and um, providing lists and help to ensure it gets done. Accountability is what it's all about. And for the things that you can't implement yourself, we can help too. I've got a, a wonderful team of people that will help. They, they actually become your marketing team. So there's lots of different ways to help you grow your business. And if you find the information useful on this podcast and at our websites and that, I'd like your help. If you wouldn't mind sharing the love a bit, share details about the podcast this episode or, or um, any of the others on Facebook or Google Plus or LinkedIn or email or Twitter, whatever is your way of doing things, that would be great. And to make sure you never miss out on an episode, just subscribe by click, clicking on the iTunes link if you've got a, an iPhone or the Stitch link if you've got an Android and you'll get details automatically every time a new episode is uploaded. That's it for now. 
Thanks for listening in and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye now. Well done for listening to this podcast. You've taken another step towards becoming a marketing genius. Visit tradiesuccess.com.au to grab the transcript of this podcast and other useful marketing goodies and take some sort of marketing action today.